That's good. Thank you, Delano, for your hard work. Ashley, all you teachers, for sharing Jesus. Amen with these kids. <laughs> I'm not sure what that look meant. Um, <laughs> Bill Woody is going to share with us today. He actually was slated to share last Sunday and was not feeling so great. But wasn't it amazing that that gave opportunity for uh, Teen Challenge to come and for Mike to share and, uh, and the guys. So that was really good. The Lord knows, right? We can kind of like lean on that. And sometimes if I get a little nervous because things aren't going a certain way and the wrong lights are on and wrong, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's really cool. God's got it, right? It's his church, right? Who's building this church? Jesus. If that's not true, then we've got to make some changes, don't we? Phil, would you come? Yeah, I do feel better, but I still look bad. We're going to begin in uh, Jeremiah chapter 32. Jeremiah 32, verse 26. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too difficult for me? Luke chapter 1. And if you can bear with me for 34 verses. I know that's a lot. But they used to stand hours back in the Old Testament era and listen to the word of the Lord shared. Standing. Luke 1, verse 5. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron. Her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord, and they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren. And they were both advanced in years. And it came about while he was performing his priestly service before God in the appointed order of his division, which he only got to do one time and in his entire life. He was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside at the hour of the offering. An angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the altar of incense. And Zacharias was troubled when he saw him, and fear gripped him. But the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, 
and you will give him the name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He'll drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. And he will turn back many of the sons of Israel to the Lord their God. And it is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to the attitude of righteous so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said to the angel, how shall I know this for certain? For I'm an old man, my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered and said, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you to bring you this good news. Behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place. Because you did not believe my words. Because you did not believe my words, which shall be fulfilled in their proper time. And the people were waiting for Zacharias and were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak. And they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple and he kept making signs and remained mute. And it came about when the days of his service were ended, he went home. And after these days, Elizabeth, his wife, became pregnant. And she kept herself in seclusion five months, saying, this is the way the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked with favor upon me to take away my disgrace among men. And then in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel came back. Sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin. Engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, hail, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was troubled at this statement and kept pondering what kind of greeting this might be. And the angel said, don't be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will have no end. And Mary said, how can this be since I am a virgin? And the angel Gabriel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the holy offspring shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, be it done to me according to your word. And the angel departed 
from her. Father, we pray now in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. For your spirit, Lord, to overshadow our hearing in this time. That we might know you more perfectly. Emmanuel, you are here to ransom captive Israel. So we bless you this morning for the work that you want to do and you will do. We yield to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. How can this be? Not many people get a second chance to do a Christmas sermon. So for those of you that I heard uh, really enjoyed uh, the last time I was here, parumpa pum pum. Parumpa pum pum. So there you go. Unbelievable. Incredible. Fantastic. These are words that we use commonly in our English language. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable means taking as unreal, untrue, having no confidence in either a statement or a promise, no trust, incredible, unreliable, unbelievable, seeming too unusual or improbable to be possible. Fantastic comes from the word fantasy, imaginary. Grotesque is one of the definitions of fantastic. Odd, eccentric. So I don't know what you mean when you say something's fantastic. Do you mean grotesque? Odd? Eccentric? God has a problem. And that's how to get the supernatural into the natural. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4.18, We look not, we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. I ask you, which is more important to you, temporal or eternal? We come away from a meeting or some situation or some communication we've had and someone asks us, how was it? Oh, it was fantastic. It was amazing, incredible, unbelievable. I, uh, uh, I like words. And when I was coaching, I used to coach actually in one school year, soccer softball and basketball, so I was pretty busy, and uh, so you would leave to go to a game, and you're walking down the hall toward the bus, and it's very common for someone to say, uh, good luck, coach, 
And years and years and years ago, I would just say, well, thank you. And then I decided that I can't do that. Because you know something? I don't believe in luck. I'm a Christian. I don't live by luck. I live by the word of God. There's no luck involved. There's no superstition. Good luck. I'm not lucky. So I started to say, well, I appreciate what you're saying, but I'm a Christian. I don't believe in luck. And that's what I would say to people. Well, pretty soon they just walked by me. <laughs> they didn't want to speak, you know. They didn't want to wish me well, I guess. I found a T-shirt, though, in a resale shop recently. It's got a four-leaf clover on it. And it says, I'm not lucky, I'm saved. I'm not lucky, I'm saved. Okay? That's not fantastic. That's not incredible. It's not unbelievable. It's the Lord. I live by Him. To say that you're lucky, in my opinion, is to slap God in the face. Because everything happens in my life for a reason. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 8. You shall again obey the Lord and observe all his commandments, which I command you today. Then the Lord your God will prosper you abundantly in all the work of your hand. In the offspring of your body and in the offspring of your cattle and in the produce of your ground. For the Lord will again rejoice over you for good, just as he rejoiced over your father's. If you obey the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in this book of the law, if you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and soul. For this commandment which I command you today is not too difficult for you, and it is not out of your reach. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will go up to heaven for us to get it for us and make us hear it that we may observe it. Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will cross the sea for us to get it and make us hear that we may observe it. But the Lord is the word is very near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart that you may observe it. Paul quotes this in Romans 10, 8. The word of the Lord is near me, near you. It's in your mouth. Believing heart, confessing mouth is like two oars of a boat. If you just believe in your heart, you're rowing with one. And when you do that, you go around in a circle. But if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you're rowing with two. And you're getting somewhere. Our minds must be renewed. We need to saturate our minds and spirits with the revelation of God's word that tells us that God has the perfect sovereign right to break in on our time and space world anytime he jolly well pleases. 
and do whatever he jolly well wishes to. He has that right to get the supernatural into the natural. You shall have a child and you shall name him Jesus. How can this be? How is this possible? It seems fantastic. It sounds and seems incredible, unbelievable. I'm a virgin girl. How can this happen? God in creation reached down for a handful of dirt and fashioned lungs, a reproductive system, a digestive system, a heart, a soul. He formed man. I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. He formed man out of dirt. How can this be? And then God reached into Adam and took a rib. And he formed a reproductive system and a digestive system and lungs and a heart and a liver and a kidney. And he made woman. How can this be? Out of a rib. God sent an angel throughout Egypt, killing their firstborn, but avoided every door where he saw blood. How can this be? God took Moses to the edge of the sea and told him to hold up his staff and the waters rolled back and all of Israel, six million apparently, walked across on dry land. How can this be? God led Israel around a town called Jericho with walls nine feet thick. And with a shout, they tumbled to the ground. How can this be? It was a little Jewish boy. Fearfully threshing wheat in a wine press. His name was Gideon. And the angel said, mighty man of valor. Gideon said, who, me? About three weeks later, Gideon led 300 men and routed 10,000. How can this be? A hundred-year-old woman bears a son. A hundred years old. This is not in your medical records. This is biologically, physically impossible. This is incredible, unbelievable, fantastic. This is grotesque. It's odd. It's eccentric. But Sarah gave birth. How can this be? How can a single, small, young, inexperienced shepherd boy Slay a nine-foot giant with one throw of the rock. How can a fish swallow a man and he lives for three days? How can a man pray for the rain to cease and it ceases for three and a half years? 
How can a man touch blind eyes and make them see? Touch deaf ears and make them hear. Speak to lame legs and make them walk. How can this be? How can a man defy gravity and walk on water? How can a man speak forth the word, Lazarus, come forth, and a dead man for four days come out alive? How can this be? How will there ever be peace on earth, goodwill toward men? How can the church come into complete unity that the world might know that the Father sent the Son? How can this be? Are you without a job today? Is your marriage wounded, breaking? Are your relationships broken? Is your body sick? Is there sin plaguing you? Are you in a situation that's so inky black, so dead end roadish, that you think there's no hope, that it's beyond the reach of God? Has the enemy come in like a flood? Is there a roaring lion stalking your house? Are there strongholds and speculations crowding out the sense of God's presence, leaving you with doubt? God is able. God is willing. God is ready to move. In every situation in my life. If only I am able, willing and ready to trust him. And believe him. There is no problem too big. God cannot solve it. There is no mountain too tall. He cannot move it. There is no storm too dark. He cannot calm it. And there is no sorrow too deep. He cannot soothe it. If he carried the weight of the world on his shoulders. I know my brother, my sister, that he will carry you. Though your cross be heavy, though your load be weighty. Your road be rough. He has promised. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I love you. I've always loved you. I always will love you. I began a work in you. And I will finish it. Several things about this passage in Luke I'd like to point out to you. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth. You see, it was the right time. It was the right time. Second Peter 3, 89 tells us 
Do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slow about his promises, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you. It was the right time. And Gabriel came in to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. It was the right place. It was Nazareth in Galilee with Joseph and Mary. They had to be the right age in the right circumstance. Living in that place at that time. God had waited centuries for this moment. It was the right time. It was the right place. And he has waited centuries for this moment in your life today, now, here. This time on the clock. Let us hold fast. The confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. Thirdly, verse 28, it says, And coming in, he said to her, And coming in, He said to her, there must be a coming in. Gabriel came in to Mary. The word of life, the word of faith has to come into us. It has to come into us. It has to be received. It has to be believed. It can't be out there somewhere. Oh, this Bible. No, it has to be eaten. Thy words were found and I ate them. Thy word became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. There must be a coming in. Into our mind, into our hearts, into our mouth. It must be heard, accepted and believed. It must be Confessed. Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him. I will come in. And coming in, he said, Hail, Favored one, the Lord is with you. Hail, Mary, favored one, the Lord is with you. I must realize that I too am favored of God. There's no superstars, there's no favorite sons. God loves us. Equally. 
as Robert E. Lee said to a group of former slaves in 1867, the foot of the cross is level. It's level. I am favored of God because God is with me. Now, some of you purists might not like what I'm about to do, but I'm going to do it anyway because I have the microphone. Ephesians chapter one, verse three. Listen carefully. Because I'm going to read it in a way that doesn't appear up here. Blessed be the God and Father of my Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed me. With every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose me. In him. Before the foundation of the world that. I should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined me to adoption as a son through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on me in the beloved. In him, I have redemption. Through his blood. In him I have forgiveness of my trespasses. According to the riches of his grace. Which he lavished upon me. Hallelujah. In all wisdom inside he made known to me. The mystery of his will. According to his kind intention. Which he purposed in him with a view. To an administration suitable to the fullness of the times, that is, summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens and on the earth, in him also I have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will, to the end that I who am among the first to hope in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him, I also, after listening to the message of the truth, the gospel of salvation, having believed, I was sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of my inheritance. With a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. Now, you can change all those pronouns back to what they actually are. But I will say this. I'm in that. I'm in the us. I'm in the them. I'm in the we. That's me. Not according to my good works or what I deserve. Because God chose that for you and me. (laughs) It's amazing. It's incredible. It's fantastic. It's unbelievable. 
It's lucky. No. No, no, no. It's fact. It's written. It's nailed. It's done. It's finished. It's accomplished. How can this be? Jesus did it. Jesus did it. My Savior did it. My Lord, my King. How can this be? By the power of God working in me. It's mine. Thanks to him. If God is for us, who can be against us? Angels long to look into these things. Fifth thing I want to point out is verse 30. The angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. There's no fear. There is no fear. Perfect love casts out fear. And I have perfect love because I have Christ. He is my perfect love. If he's not perfect love, there is no perfect love. There's no fear in love. First John 3:18, love is perfected by abiding in God. We have no reason to fear anyone or anything as we abide in God, even angels appearing to us. The thing you thing you think will get you won't. Verse 31, you will conceive and bear a son, and his name will be called Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob. How long? Forever. His kingdom will have no end. No end. You see, God cannot lie. God cannot lie. That's one thing God can't do. That's one thing he cannot do is lie. Second Corinthians one twenty. For as many uh, as the promises of God are in him, they are all yes. Yes, yes, yes. A thousand times yes. Titus 1, 2, again, says, God cannot lie. Second Peter 1, 3, his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises. In order that we might be partakers of his divine nature. Romans 4.21 tells us that Abraham was fully assured that what God had promised, he was able to perform. Fully assured that what God had promised, he was able to perform. 
And again, Paul writes in Ephesians 3, now to him, to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond, exceeding abundantly beyond. It's fantastic. It's incredible. It's amazing. It's unbelievable. Exceedingly abundantly beyond all we think or ask. According to his power that works within us. According to his power that works within us. How can this be? By his power that works within us. When Jesus says he's able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond, he's not bragging. He's not bragging. He's just stating it the way it is. He is able. How can this be? Because he's able. And he's proved it or and or and or. He has become great. He is the son of the most high God. The Lord did give him the throne of David. He is reigning over the house of Jacob. His kingdom will have no end. How can this be? How can this be? Gabriel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. When you walk in the sun, a shadow of your image is cast on the ground. But the Lord overshadows you. His shadow consumes your shadow. So that it is invisible because it's in Him. He overshadows us. It's not by might. It's not by human power. It's not because the Republicans are in. It's not because the elders made some decision. It's not because the chief of the Sanhedrin gave hearty approval. It's not by human endeavor. But it's by my spirit, says the Lord. He will overshadow you and me just as he overshadowed Mary. Because all of us are favored ones. I want to be consumed with his shadow, by his shadow. There are two possible responses. Two possible responses to Gabriel showing up at Mary's house. One strategic day. As time marched on. Mary chose one decision, but there's an alternative decision. She could have said. Not me, you got the wrong one. It's not going to be me. Go down the street. There's someone more capable, more able, more ready, more believing. 
I don't think this can happen. I don't believe it. It's too amazing, too incredible. Get somebody else. It's too much of a burden to bear. I'm too weak. I'm too lost. But that's not what Mary said. She said, behold, the bond slave of the Lord. Be it done to me according to your word. And brothers and sisters, that needs to be my response. Lord, whatever it is you're saying, no matter what it is, if it's the word of the Lord for me, it's for my good. It's for my good. And Lord, be it done to me according to your word. Because I know you love me. And I know I'm a favored one. And I know you, you took the time to send an angel to come to, to, to visit me. To visit me. You found me right where I was in the middle of my circumstances. So no matter what we're facing. Now, next week, next month, next year, Whenever. I can know that I am a favored one of the Lord. And I will say to him, Lord, be it done to me according to your word. How can this be? By the power of God that lives in me. I've asked my wife to uh, sing and she's gotten some help some of you may know this song it's called mary's song kind of loosely it comes from the latter part of this chapter it's one of my favorites maybe some of you know it my soul proclaims the greatness of the lord And my spirit exalts in God, my Savior. For he has looked with mercy on my lowliness. Yet my name will be forever exalted. For the mighty God has done great things for me. And his mercies will reach from age to age. And holy Holy, holy is his name. I put myself in those words because the mighty God has done great things for me. And he's going to do yet greater things for me because he loves me from age to age. Would you stand? And if you know the song, melt it out.
things for me in my life, Lord. You've done mighty things from the moment you called me to your presence to this day. You've done mighty things, miracles I've seen, deliverance, healing, manifestation, provision. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Thank you in this season of giving and Christmas that you have given so much to us. We rejoice. We remember We bless you, Father God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. We don't deserve it, but you've given it anyway. In abundance, exceeding provision beyond our belief or understanding or thought. Thank you, Father God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. How awesome is our God. How mighty Our God, we serve. Thank you, Father. Thank you so much. And we do bless your mighty name today. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen.